Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. They win the World Series 4 games to 1. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Pesky Podcast. We are here with episode five. I am your host, The Rit. We also have DC. We have a, first off, I want to sit there and congratulate and thank Anthony on the Cape for actually giving us the opportunity to let him be a part of the pesky podcast well come on come on no i'm happy to be here and also i want to sit there and be the first to congratulate you on the twitter all-time red Sox fantasy baseball twitter uh win oh i got the win you 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 got the win i came in second and uh nick well he he came uh in a close third. So everybody well, had a great team though. Oh, everybody had a great team. And now uh, we have a fantastic guest tonight. We have she is w- very well known in the Twitter world in the Red Sox world. Sox addict, how you going? I'm doing good. How about y'all? Not doing bad. Good, y'all. Good. I'm from doing Texas. Good. So I say y'all. Ah. <laughs> So, so Sox, Adam, before we, uh, we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself so everybody knows? Hmm. Um, I pretty much lived in Texas my whole life, dated a guy when I was a teenager that was a Red Sox fan, and it stuck. And um, I've turned many people into Red Sox fans, so <laughs> it's contagious. Um, I have um, mostly grown kids now. I'm 44. Um, so uh, my youngest is 17. So, but I um, have six kids, so that's pretty interesting, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, for now. Oh, but a uh, warning, um, I've been off my ADD meds for like a week, so I could go on rabbit trails and chasing squirrels, so warning. Yeah. No, that's, that's okay, because... Uh... <laughs> I'm going to need that. I'm a little sleepy tonight, so I might need okay. somebody to <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty hyper. Like, and carry me on their back. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's uh, let's get it started. Uh, let's talk about a little bit earlier this week. Everybody was dying to sit there and find out uh, Chris Sale's performance from his game. Uh, 
everybody was waiting for the longest time to see if what version of Chris Sale we were going to see. And, well, he pitched one hell of a game. He had all three pitches going, fastball, slider, changeup. And, uh, well, let's just go around the horn. Uh, DC, uh, what did you think of Chris Sale's performance, uh, his first pitch since uh, the injury? I was, uh, I was pretty stoked to see how it went. Um, I mean, how often do you see Chris Sale coming off the field, you know, you know, middle of an inning with a smile on his face? Yeah. Uh, I think he had like 11 starts in the last three years. So it's, it's awesome to see the command. It's awesome to see the velocity that's there. Um, I'm high on him this year. I mean, I'm obviously biased. He's one of my favorite players he's been since he's come into league. But I'm, I'm stoked to see, you know, what he's going to do for us this year. Yeah, so – it, it it was really it was really exciting. Uh, Melissa, what about you? What did you sit there and think? That's what I was gonna say is about his smile. Like to see him smile, I was like, okay, and and also to not to walk off with his finger all messed up. And <laughs> he didn't even have to have bubble wrap on him. He made it through it. So I was um, I was pleased. Definitely nervous going into it, but oh yeah, well, sure. Yeah, Anthony, what about you then? Yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> it was great to see him to see him out there. I thought the thing that I liked the most was um, just his his three pitch mix. You know what I mean? I saw a good fastball. Um, I mean, we know his arm's healthy, right? He's coming off three years. Uh, you know, it's been three years now since the Tommy John, so his arm's healthy. Um, he, I think, he has a little motivation to you know prove some people wrong. I think this whole team does. But I think in particular, Chris Sale, he, he's, you know, hasn't contributed anything the last three years. And he's been our number one, you know, highest paid player. And uh, I, I thought he had a great fastball. His changeup looked good. And, of course, he's got a great slider. So, I mean, I was very encouraged. Yeah. And uh, I was just happy to see Chris Sale again. Like you guys both uh, mentioned about him sitting there coming off the field with a smile on his face. Like we haven't seen that for quite some time from Chris, mm -hmm. you know, and we sit there, we, we heard him say he fans deserve the money's worth. And Chris sale is going to give you that money's worth when he's healthy. I think he's going to be really healthy this year. Uh, I think he's going to sit there and give it a hundred percent. And we're going to see a great, not 2018 sale, but we're, we're going to get at least a good 80%. Chris Sale. From yeah. So the the only bad part about uh, Chris Sale's performance was well, it kind of got overshadowed mm. from uh, from Justin Turner's injury. Like, man, that was some scary stuff. Like, I didn't get to see it. Uh, Anthony, and I I got to talk a little bit about it uh, the other night. Uh, I was I was at work and then we were on lunch and I get, I was listening to it and it was just wow that it was scary seeing the video made it even ten times worse mm -hmm. you know just the the amount of blood mm -hmm. but uh, the good part is you know he was took sixteen stitches uh, it wasn't as bad as we thought it what you know was it it was just it, it looked really really bad. Um, let's let's start with you. Uh, you know what? What are your thoughts on Justin Turner's injury? 
I was actually watching and when I saw the blood just pouring out, I was like, oh no, like I just where it hit, I thought, is it going to affect his vision? Is, you know, how long is he going to be out? Is he going to be okay? Is, he, you know, because um, that was a lot of blood and um, I did not watch a replay of it for sure because I, I saw enough. Yeah, it was very scary and just, I was, I'm excited about him being on the team, excited to see what he's going to do. I feel like he can take a big leadership role. So I was like, Oh no, this is not good. But thankfully it wasn't as bad as it looked. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, let's, let's go to you. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if you guys remember uh, when Pilar, the guy we used to have a couple years ago, he was, he got hit a couple years ago and um it was pretty brutal looking but he came back and it was like i remember just thinking like wow that's like you know that was impressive that he came back i mean because i mean mm -hmm. one part is the injury seems like we dodged a bullet the other part is him getting back in that batter's box you know what i mm -hmm. mean so so that's the thing you gotta like hope for that we're obviously ex everybody's breathing a big sigh of relief that he's okay mm -hmm. and uh but now he's got to get back in that box and deliver Mm -hmm. um so that's gonna be you know and i think he's the kind of guy that can do that and i think what's gonna happen is if he's back in there by opening day which i don't know we'll yeah, see I know. but i think that could be a huge rallying cry for this team so Definitely. i'm just i'm just happy he's doing good and and we need him big time Definitely. his leadership and his bat yeah you know if you think the physical part anybody can come back through you know he's got stitches uh but it's the mental aspect like mm -hmm. He's got to be able to mentally get back in there, be able to get in that batter's box and, you know, be okay with that. AC put a lot of uh, emphasis on Turner's follow endeavors, you know? Mm -hmm. So Anthony, I, I, yeah, Anthony and I were talking and it was, it's kind of like, okay, we're, we're going to protect Devers by, you know, you, you can't not pitch to Turner, you know, and vice versa. So if, if, uh... Yeah, the key thing is, is that Turner's got reverse splits, right? So he yeah. actually, in his career, he's first of all, so versus righties and lefties, he's over 800, both yeah. both against anybody. Um, but against righties, he's actually like 830 something. So he's actually a little bit better against righties. So that means you can put him comfortably behind Devers and expect that to get that protection. I really believe that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, DC, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that was tough to watch, man. I, uh, I didn't see it live, but I made the mistake of actually watching the video on Twitter um, and just seeing the blood come out was was really tough to see. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like their uh, spring training complex is kind of bad luck with that. I think Brazier took a comeback or what, a couple years ago, I think, in spring training as well. Um, so yes. they can kind of relate. Um, hopefully you can maybe give him some advice. I know he's a pitcher, so it's a little different. He's not stepping into a batter's box. But I think with uh, Turner being the guy he is, like Anthony said, and being a vet, um, I think he'll overcome this. And I think, yeah, that's a perfect point to make up. Uh, it's going to be a rallying cry. And uh, that's something we need definitely with mm -hmm. this year with, you know, the expectations that we're going in with. Um, yeah, I think, uh, and he has uh, probably about two weeks until he gets his stitches out, I read. So uh, we'll see if he has time to come in. And that kind of goes into being a vet as well. I think uh, he has the experience. So I don't think it'll take too much to get ramped back up. It's just the mental aspect as far as that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I kind of want to see your thoughts. Okay, say Justin Turner's not ready for opening day. So who is AC going to put to follow Raphael Devers? Uh, Melissa, who, who, who are your thoughts on that? Hmm. 
I would say, I, I mean, he wants Yoshida okay. in the middle of the order, so I guess maybe him, but because mm -hmm. you know, you don't have too many, yeah, we don't really, I really just really want him following that. There, you know, I can't think of any, like, I don't know who AZ because sometimes he surprises me with who he, you know, like, I, at first I was hurt, you know, who was going to lead off, and who was, and I was like, okay, that's not what I would have done, but but I, I, I like usually. Once the decision's made, I like what AC comes up with. So, but probably Yoshida. Well, here's the problem though with Yoshida. He's already said that he does not want to bat those guys back to back, right? Oh. So, so basically, I was talking about it with Tony Maz last night. Basically, Yoshida <clears throat> endeavors are two four in whatever order you want to go. You could oh. you could you could flip it and put Yoshida two endeavors four, but he doesn't want to lead off Yoshida. Endeavors is really adamant. He likes hitting second and he wants to separate those two guys. So to me, mm. I don't see him going, you know, putting Devers two and Yoshida three. I just don't see that happening. Unfortunately, it's a real problem because mm -hmm. I've been I've been kind of looking at the lineups thinking like the same thing, yeah. right? <laughs> it's basically the candidates would be unfortunately Adam Duvall, which I do not like at all because he's just not mm. as good enough of a contact hitter. He's just not a three hitter. He's more of a five, six, seven hitter. Um, I would not be surprised if it's Kike, to that, be honest with you. Yeah. Kike or Arroyo. Arroyo or Kike. Mm -hmm. One of those two guys, if it has to be somebody other than Turner. Yeah. 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 I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, the way Arroyo is playing uh, so far in spring training, I, I could sit there and easily see him sliding in. Mm -hmm. uh, Arroyo, he's batting 267 uh, with uh, two home runs, five RBIs. So uh, he's only struck out four times in 15 plate appearances. Mm. Uh, Kike, on the other hand, he is batting a horrendous 077. So <laughs> small sample size. <laughs> yeah, I mean we, we can't we can't necessarily go by spring training statistics, but the thing is Arroyo is a good hitter. Mm -hmm. You know he's got some pop. We saw him. He had two home runs in that game. You know, and um, he can hit. And uh, it's got to be somebody. I mean, it has to be you pick, pick somebody. It's Duvall, Kike, Arroyo. Who else could it possibly be? If they're not, if they're adamant about not putting Yoshida endeavors back to back, it has to be one of those three guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Arroyo's exactly. come up big for us in the past too when he's been healthy. As long as he stays healthy, man, he can. Mm -hmm. He comes up in the clutch areas and he makes contact, which Duvall obviously does not yet. He hits what two twenty. He'll hit you thirty home runs, but he's going to strike out at a clip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was so, even watching Duvall last night. I mean, his swing is just a little long. It's just, it's just kind of like a you know a Hunter Renfro. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be times when he gets into one and we say, "Oh my God!" and he launches one over the monster, and we're like, "Oh yeah," but. Is he going to be consistently in that three hole? Is he that type of hitter? No, I, I don't think so. So mm -hmm. I, I think we have to pray that Justin Turner is yes. ready to come back. I think it would really, the whole team would sort of rally around him like, mm -hmm. Jesus, this guy's back. I mean, he just exactly. took a fastball to the eye. Exactly. Like, Let's go. Let's go, you know? And, oh, yeah. and, and maybe that is what this team needs this season. Mm -hmm. You know, every, every great uh, season, every championship team we've had, there has been some something we rally around, you know, the, the Boston bombings, mm -hmm. you know, well, we went and rallied for the whole city of Boston and, you know, we won the whole thing. Uh, so, man, in 2018, I, I was one of those guys after the after AC was there 
We lost the first game. I was one of the ones that's like, yep, AC, get him out of here. He doesn't know how. <laughs> and then and then we, we go historic the whole, you know, rest of the season. So I I always put my, my faith in AC right now mm-hmm. because I can never doubt that man ever again. So, but man, it's, let's just hope that Justin Turner's back. He's how, you know, he's able to sit there and play because we are very slim options for that three spot. Mm-hmm. And man, it's just time will tell. We got, we got a couple more weeks to go. Uh, so, but uh, next up we have uh, Tanner Houck. He sat there and he had his first uh, his first appearance of spring training this this past week. Uh, he looked great, but he had a little problem with the pitch clock and time management. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Anthony, you want to start us off on this one? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tanner Houck's you know probably my favorite player on the team. He's been my favorite player wow. on the team for for a few different reasons. One, I mean, I just love pitching. I always pitch growing up, and and I just I love pitching. Um, so I'm always kind of, you know, whether it's Pedro Clemens when I was a kid, just I love Josh Beckett in 07, you know, just I love pitching. And to me, I look at Tanner Houck and I just I like the makeup. Mm-hmm. I think he, he's got balls. I mean, Eckersley called him, you know, cool hand Luke he used to call him. He's just got a certain level of 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 confidence on the mound and, and, and ice water in his veins. And on top of that, he's got a three pitch mix, just like we talked about with Chris sale, Tanner Houck's got a good mid nineties fastball. He's got a wipeout slider and he's got a good split that he's working on <clears throat> in terms of, and I want him in the starting rotation, by the way, I've been adamant about this all off season. Mm-hmm. I want, and last year, and I, think I was about to ask that what you thought about that. Well, so, yeah. And, and, and yeah, let's like face it. it last year, mm-hmm. the flip flopping of Whitlock and Houck, when they did it and the whole, the way they managed those two guys last year was one of the things that sabotaged our season, right? Mm -hmm. Both guys ended up getting hurt and a lot of other guys, the whole pitching staff fell apart. So I love Tanner Houck. I love watching him pitch. I thought he looked good. The the time thing, I think everybody's getting used to it. Everybody's adjusting to this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why this spring is so critical and it's impressive what the Red Sox, I'm impressed with the Red Sox, what they're doing. And winning is contagious, so mm-hmm. I'm not too big on like statistics and, and even the record in spring training. But I like the fact that they're playing pretty good baseball. Mm-hmm. Everybody's learning the new rules, and and I think, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, it's it's going to be a work in progress. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of box this year. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of little situations here and there when we when, when maybe certain umpires kind of are a little bit more strict with the rules, and there could be some situations we'll we'll have to see. But everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's dealing with the same rules, so uh, I'm confident Tanner Houck's going to figure it out, and and I don't think it's going to be an issue. Yeah, well, one of my things I love about you, Anthony. Anytime you and, and DC, you're going to sit there and catch on. Anytime Anthony talks about Josh Beckett, he puts the year 07 behind it <laughs> all the time. Oh, yeah, man. That was a great guy. <laughs> you know, he, he sit there. He, he had he had a he has a long career. But it's it's only Josh Beckett 07. Yeah, I, I can't I can't have that Josh Beckett yeah, of 09. Really, you know, <laughs> no, no. I really caught on really quick of that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm a big fan of 07 Beckett. Mm-hmm. We have a shirt, so, you know, that is dedicated to the to 07 Josh Beckett that we sell. So just saying. I mean, oh, no, and we also have an incredible Hulk shirt. 
the incredible Hulk, and it I, looks like I'm, oh, I'm going to cop one of those, by the way, because I, I when I, I tweeted something out like that, and then you no you tweeted no, you tweeted back at me. You were like, oh, like like check out this shirt, yeah. Oh, you said okay, okay. Well, something. I didn't come up with that. Right. Red did, but okay, it, maybe it was Red that tweeted. It was back Red that I might have tweeted back, but Red is the one who made it, and I was like, oh, genius. So. Yeah, maybe Absolutely. you should get a free shirt. Maybe you should, you know. <laughs> oh, no, I'll buy one. <laughs> no, I'm gonna hit oh, up that man. store after the show. Oh, uh, uh, I can't, I can't wait to be actually dive into the store towards the end of the, of the show because I was on there, and that store is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So we're, we're gonna give you Thank plenty you. of time to plug that. Oh yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, so, so Melissa, well, what are your thoughts on on the on Tanner Hauk, the time management? And his performance, I think, like like Anthony said, he'll he'll adjust. I think everybody's having that issue with that. I can't imagine just how you've been doing and able to prepare. I'm a mental person; I have to mentally prepare for anything I do, and I have like, you know, little routines for whatever. And so, if his brain is anything like mine, then you know, it'll just take a little adjusting. So, but I I think he's got it. DC. Yeah, it's kind of piggyback what they said. Uh, I think it's a non-issue in my opinion. Um, we're seeing it across the league. It's not just with him. The only thing that would scare me is just, you know, him trying to rush and it affects his command, but that's probably a reach. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I think it's a non-issue. It'll be fine. Yeah. If Kenley Jensen can and can master it uh, with his slow-ass delivery, I think Tanner Hack will be just fine. Yeah. Hey, uh, we were talking about Kenley, and his he was very uh, surprisingly – like no issues at all. He, and he felt comfortable, you know, he, he was throwing strikes. Uh, so if Kelly can do it, anybody can across. The Absolutely. League. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried at all. Mm -hmm. so, uh, quick little sidebar. Uh, speaking of going down rabbit holes, what are your guys' thoughts on Max Scherzer and his, uh, him trying to get the upper hand on the batter during all of this? It's uh, Mad Max's world, and we're all living in it. Uh, I'm a big, I'm I'm a big fan of it, man. I mean, I'm uh, probably saying that because he's on my fantasy team. I, I just drafted him in my keeper league that I just joined. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it kind of, just in my opinion, I think the pitch clock is actually gonna once they get adjusted, it's gonna be in the favor of the pitchers because they can play mind games like that. But it also could go for the hitters. You know, when you're on base, you can time it up. When, you know, just steal a base or something like that. But Mad Max is a, a madman, and I'm all I'm all for it. <laughs> so, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys saw it today, but Nick Pavetta tried to do something. Um, so basically, Judge was at the plate, and he called. He used one of his timeouts. This was like a long at bat, and so what happens is there's a a, a separate clock when a guy takes a timeout, and so what mm -hmm. Pavetta did, so he basically Judge had to be in the box for like an extended period of time and like be ready for the pitch. And Pavetta just like held onto the ball to the last oh. second. And, and, it, and he ended up walking him and it just, it worked against him. And, and so I don't like it. I didn't like what Scherzer did because I kind of feel like we saw this a little bit with Rich Hill last year and some of the guys last year, listen, we want these rule changes. We need these rule changes. We need the players to kind of get behind it just because they didn't necessarily get to negotiate it at the last CBA um, you know, where, where they weren't necessarily in the room and this and that. They didn't hear, hear, get their voice heard. The bottom line is baseball needs these rule changes. And it's going to increase 
um, you know, the attention span that's paid to the to, to the game. I was talking about this last night. Like, it's it, it's not so much going to attract new people as much as it's going to force you to pay attention. There's not going to be as much downtime. You're not going to be mm-hmm. sitting there like fitzing around it like I'm watching. A, yeah, I'm watching that's a Bruins a game. Point. You know, I'm watching a Bruins game and it's a commercial. You know, hockey mm-hmm. goes fast. I flip over to the Red Sox. You know, early in the season, whatever. I get one. I'm lucky if I get one pitch in. I'm literally mm-hmm. lucky if I get one pitch in. It's like, dude, can I, can I see a little bit more action here? Mm-hmm. So the players need to stop being the gatekeepers for major for, for the the history of baseball and just let accept and embrace these rule changes. Realize that it's best for everybody and best for the game. And let's just let's just go with it. You know what I mean? And and, and there's probably more coming as well in the future. Mm-hmm. So I'm Not all for sure. the rule changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Melissa. What about you? I get both points. I think that if it was a Red Sox that had done it, then I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, it's totally great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it. I do love Mad Max, though. I mean, he's a stud. I, I mean, it's nothing personal against him. I just I don't oh, I yeah. don't want players sort of rebelling on the field against the new rule changes. I want everybody to yeah. embrace it and just, you know, be positive, you know. Yeah, I, I know during today's game, and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, coming up. Uh, I know Pavetta uh, threw, uh, threw over, you know, twice. And the rule is you can throw over twice, but the third time, if you, if you don't get him at first, you know, it's a balk. And I think it's advantage sometimes to the runner because he threw over twice and then he took off for second. And – Technically, if he wants to go back to first and he's safe, he automatically gets second anyways because he didn't get out. And uh, they were talking about about that rule change, you know, the rule change, how it could benefit the runner a lot more. Uh, and the pitcher has to be more selective now because he only can step off the mound once, and, you know, also. So uh, I think spring training is just, of course, we're undefeated. Uh, but I think it's across the league. Everybody's just trying to figure out how to be comfortable with the mm-hmm. new rule changes because it's not only just the pitchers, not only just the batters, it's the umpires and the guys working the scoreboard mm-hmm. because, you know, they got to sit there and reset the, the timer and make sure that everything's functioning. So we can continue to have these, you know, quicker games and everything. So I, I I just I just wanted to see what you guys thought about Max Scherzer because I was just like man he's just pumping him out. Uh, what was what was it was it last week the uh, was it the batter from the Pirates uh, was struck out in like twenty seconds or something like that. That that was just crazy. Yeah, that's so. unheard of. Mm-hmm. And quick quick pitching has always been available, right? Mm-hmm. So so there's never been a rule against quick pitching. Um, and, and I'm actually excited to, but, but when you're trying to manipulate the system with the whole, you know, the batter needs to be in the box and everything like that. So it's, it's just more, um, let's just, you know, let's just do what's best for baseball, but, but quick pitching and just sort of the old school, like throw the ball a little bit more contact game, less gear up for these high fastballs and swinging out of your ass going for home runs every time. Hopefully we're going to get a little bit, you know, more variety in our baseball this year, more triples, more stole, stealing, stolen bases, more more defense, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just get back to baseball, not just analytics, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Boston, uh, the Red Sox got to play, uh, which was really weird. But then going through other teams, I seen that they also had exp- exhibition games against uh, WBC teams. Boston played Puerto Rico the other night. And the one thing that really caught my eye was how much people were down on Kike when he came out of the Red Sox dugout, you know, but and he played for Puerto Rico. I didn't get it. You know, he plays on, on the Sox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All this stuff's over there. Like, he got ready <laughs> in, in his locker room. Like, well, well, why would he get go across, get ready in the opposing team's locker room when all this stuff's over there? So so who didn't like it? That's why I haven't heard anybody not liking it. That, that, uh, it was on Twitter. A couple, of, mm. a couple of people were like, they were just trolling. A little like bit. Red Sox oh, fans, though? Like Red Sox fans? Oh, no, not that. Okay. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. oh, oh, that's still, well, that's silly. Screw him. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. That's so silly. But, uh, but uh, uh, overall, it was it was kind of uh, exciting thing to watch. Where you know we got to see the Red Sox go go up against you know some of the best in Puerto Rico. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts uh, on the game? Uh, you know, the WBC all, all together. Uh, Melissa, we'll start off with you. Okay, um, I didn't get to watch it, but I did listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually impressed that we were missing key players and still did well. So that was. Um, exciting i've never actually watched wbc games before so and i didn't have it here um there wasn't on mb tv so i couldn't watch it but i did listen to it so okay uh anthony what about you yeah i thought it was i don't remember the last time they did this um whether or not what do they do it every five years i think something like that but I don't remember them exhibition games necessarily the last time they did it, but um, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, Everybody, I thought it was funny that everybody on uh, Twitter was like, oh, here comes the Red Sox first loss just because everybody thinks. Yeah, a lot of people thought that. Right, because because people don't understand baseball, the fact that it doesn't matter. I don't care Mm -hmm. who's on the other team. I'm on the mound and I'm shutting you down. That's what mm-hmm. baseball is all about. It's pitching mm-hmm. and defense. So the bottom line is we had Brandon Walter on the mound, correct? He looked great. Yeah. I mean, he looked really good. And yeah, he didn't he didn't make it that far at spring training, but he looked good for two innings plus. And, you know, I was excited about that. So I just seeing a guy like Brandon Walter who hasn't pitched since last June because he had a he had a back I think he had a back injury that that kept him out the second half of the last year. Um, seeing him go up against legit guys, like you know they had Melendez, they had you know Kike, they had they had a legit lineup over there. Seeing him face go through that lineup, I thought it was it was pretty impressive. And just seeing seeing the Red Sox smash Puerto Rico like they've smashed everybody else, <laughs> I I thought it was great. I I really enjoyed that. Definitely. Man, uh, uh, I sit there and loved because Walter is. He's right up there with uh, Mata and Winkowski. Uh, could they sit there and make, you know, the opening day roster? And like you said, he, he was out uh, most of last year. And to see him come back and look as great as he did in the, you know, two innings that he pitched against a first-class Puerto Rico team, that was very impressive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, DC, so, so, so what are your thoughts on – uh, the WBC and who who would name a lineup you wouldn't want the Red Sox to have to face right now? 
Uh, I'll start off with that. Uh, the Dominican Republic, that lineup is stacked uh, from top to bottom. That scares the shit out of me, to be honest with you. Um, as far as the game, uh, it was cool to see them go against, like you guys have said, like the top guys from Puerto Rico and get a win. Um, Brandon Walter showed a bunch of good stuff. Um, it was also funny. I was reading about um, Kike giving Alex Cora some shit because uh, when he was a GM for Puerto Rico, he wouldn't play him every day. And now he's going to be playing every day. He slotted in as a number two hitter. So that was cool to see, you know, just have some uh, gamesmanship as far as that. But as far as the WBC in, in general, um, I've watched it since it's come out. I think, what, 2006 might have been the first year. I could be wrong in those years. But I remember I, uh, I faked sick my junior year or sophomore <laughs> year for like a week straight so I could watch it. I don't know how I pulled it off, but uh, it's it's great for the game. Um, it's cool to see the countries go against each other. And it's just like the camaraderie you see on a team, you know, throughout the, the tournament. It's awesome. And they just a big fan. Yeah, well, uh, DC, by you sitting there saying that story, uh, Anthony fits right in because uh, I found out Anthony uh, likes to play uh, a little hooky on opening day uh, every year, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when I was oh, a kid, yeah. every, every year, um, you know, probably not at, you know, what I'm talking about once I got to like maybe fifth grade, something like that. Yeah, I just I would just skip school every year on opening day and just come home and just by myself watch the Red Sox because, you know, I was skipping school. I, nobody was home and nobody was with me. So um, <laughs> I, I wasn't conspiring with, you know, we didn't have like a group together. I just did it on my own. You know, I was just like, I want to watch opening day and I'm doing it and nobody's stop, stopping me. So, you know, you kind of little, you know, take off from the bus stop, you know, and just that's it. <laughs> I, I, that's yeah, for like uh, 92, <laughs> 92, one of the worst seasons ever. I mean, we had Phil Plantier who was supposed to be really good, move on. They had like home runs on opening day against Baltimore. It was like, I thought we were going to be like, oh, I was like, yeah, you know, we're going to be good. Phil Plantier, but they ended up being horrible that year. But yeah, no, that was a, that was an annual tradition for me. I love opening day. Absolutely. That's a cool story, man. Hey, Melissa, do you have any opening day traditions or, you know, do you remember any times of skipping school and, and watching some Red Sox games? No, I, I didn't even start watching them until I was like 17. So, so no, I didn't. But I have um, during church at a funeral, um, watch the game <laughs> in up uh, during a funeral, during church on the stage because I sing, um, watch the game on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> That's <awesome>. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, bad. DC and I have. <laughs> yeah, DC and I have a little vacation for opening day uh, this year, so. Can't I'd wait love for that to thing. go. I'm go I'm not going till July to, to Boston, but uh um, I, I don't know. Uh, DC and I are planning to do a day trip. Uh we live in Pennsylvania, so we're oh, gonna okay. drive we're, we're gonna we're gonna drive up, watch a game, and drive back. So oh, that's great. Little, little craziness there. Yeah. But uh next next up, this is the one that I loved. <laughs> Red Sox lineup versus the Yankees. As soon as as soon as I seen the lineup come out, all I see is comments. AC must really want us to lose this one because yeah. Reese McGuire was the I think he was the only MLB player on there. Everybody else was in double uh, and triple A. I'll and, say and happy he, birthday, Aaron Boone. Happy birthday because <laughs> today's his birthday. <laughs> what a great birthday present. 
Yeah, and and then you, you looked at the Yankees lineup, and they had they had most of their starters in there. So I was like, man, okay, uh, well, I, I I guess we're this is where it ends. But then again, here yep. we go. I, yeah. I I was starting to doubt AC, mm-hmm. and I'm at work. Two nothing. I'm like, okay, this is this is looking good. Then it's two two. I'm like, oh crap. Then all of a sudden, there's a new guy at work uh, in the back, and he see I have a tattoo of the Red Sox logo, and the World Series championships going down my leg. He's seen that a couple weeks ago, and he's like, you know, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm like, well, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, I I tell him, I'm like, up oh, two nothing, up oh, two two. Then all of a sudden, the score starts racking up. Seven. <laughs> Seven three, eight three, eleven three, and and he's and and I'm just walking by him within like 10, 15 minutes, you know, saying different scores, and all of a sudden he's like, I said eleven three. He goes, okay, you're just making up numbers now. So I had to show him, <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, we we, we won, uh, eleven was eleven seven, and I was just like, I, so, yeah. man, I said, man, I'm like. Okay, we we can't doubt our triple uh, triple A and our double A, you know, guys either, because we have some we have some aces in there. You know, Hamilton is amazing. I love him. Uh, you know, uh, was it Rafaela? You know, he was in there playing today. So Valdez Valdez was leading off. Yeah, Valdez was leading off. So I'm a big uh, fan of that guy, man. Yeah, they had Valdez and Rafaela one two. Yeah. Two of their two of their they're two top prospects, but they're also the, like closest. You know what I mean? They're they're like both of them could be playing for the Red Sox by this summer, or who knows? Even depending on injuries, you never know. You know, because right now Rafaela is probably our best defensive center fielder, maybe even yeah. our best defensive shortstop as well. You know, so mm-hmm. he, he's knocking at the door. We just got to find out if he can hit and if he can, you know what I mean? Like just handle the bat at the major league level. So. But yeah, no, it was exciting. Yeah, uh, that's one thing that Rafael needs to do. He needs to be a little patient at the plate. Uh, don't get don't get all anxious because it, once he gets that down, along with his you know stellar defense, man, he's gonna he's gonna look great in our lineup, look in our everyday lineup out there. But uh, Red Sox lineup and the Yankees, DC. What were your thoughts uh, when you first seen the lineup? What were your thoughts at the end of the game? And uh, do you have anything to say to Aaron Boone on his birthday? <laughs> um, it's going to be not suitable for her work. So, but um, <laughs> no, I, I thought it was you know pretty funny. I think you know a little bit might have been in some gamemanship by uh, Alex Cora, especially going against the Yankees. Um, but it's sweet to see six home runs with a Triple A AAA and Double A <laughs> roster against you know a pretty full squad of theirs. Um, and at the end of the game, I was pretty stoked. I think I know who you're talking about at work. So. That kind of makes me happy, but yeah, that's I, I I'm so stoked for those two that we were just talking about, especially Valdez. I think uh, it sucked losing Vasquez last year, but um, what he's done in the minors le- minor leagues is is pretty impressive. So I'm excited to see how that translates to the uh, to the MLB. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and it wasn't just Valdez. We also got uh, what was it Abreu in that trade also. Yeah. You know, yep. and, and, and he just went down, you know, with, of course, the hammy, uh, the hammy, the third one this, this season. 
But oh, and go screw yourself, Aaron Boone. I forgot that. Part. <laughs> oh, I hate that guy so much. Yes. When I found out I, his birthday, I was like, and when we went, I was like, oh, because when I first signed on MLB, I was out. And so it was on the Yankees like stream or whatever. And I was like, right. oh, man, I hate watching it on here. And, but I was driving, so I didn't change it. And they were talking about how it was his birthday. And, and we were just hitting bombs. I was like, okay. Well, it was funny because I was, I was, yeah, I was watching on Nessun and yeah. they were, they were showing. Oh, the did Yan they talk about it too? No, but they were showing the oh. Yankees broadcast on Nessun. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then maybe that was all that was available today. Right. So, um, cause it was in Tampa. I think mm. maybe it's wherever the home team is. I'm oh, not sure. that's true. Yeah. But, um, I missed like the second part of the game. I was just busy and I, you know, so I missed mm -hmm. the, the end. I, I saw the beginning of the game, but, um, no, I mean, I thought the Yankees broadcast was was almost refreshing. They didn't talk much. Like, mm -hmm. they weren't, you know, there would be a time when, like, literally, mm -hmm. like, they didn't talk at all. He was just like, ah, strike two. And then no talking. Mm -hmm. Ah, strike three. And mm -hmm. that was it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, it's kind of nice sometimes to just watch a baseball game and not have somebody constantly talking, especially yes. especially, especially if that person is like annoying or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's some They're announcers that on just people we can't stand. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I thought it was a decent broadcast, but no, I mean it was a it was a good game and it was just it was it's a great chance for some of these young guys to mm -hmm. to get that opportunity, right? I think the kid Philip Sykes hit a home run. That's a kid who I had my eye on last year. He's a ball player. Um they got some ball players in this organization. A lot of people want to dump on Heimbloom and say he hasn't brought in any talent. But I think what this spring training is really showing everybody is actually we do have a little bit more organizational mm -hmm. depth and talent than a lot of people gave him credit for. Exactly. I like to say Heim site is 2020. Like that's <laughs> I'm hoping that that catches I'm hoping that becomes reality. Not real. I'm it's like a hope. It's like a prayer I have like please There's your next t-shirt. And, but I don't, exactly right there. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. We, I, I don't want to make a t-shirt and it'll be true. You know. No, yeah, yeah. We'll see. That's a good point. <laughs> but, exactly. but, but but sometimes you, you, but, but sometimes you, you got to sit there and make it happen for it to happen. That's so, true. So uh, I don't how want about people this? blaming me. I'm Speak it into existence. And then, and then everybody's like, oh, you did this. You cursed the team like Jared last year with the, oh, you know whenever everybody blamed him or Steve, like whenever about the, you know, are the Red Sox going to do it or whatever? And then we started sucking. I don't want anybody uh, to blame me. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I sit there and uh, I, I message Steve and, and talk to him every now and then. And I'm like, I, I kind of bring it up as a joke, but I'm like, just to let you guys know, we haven't won in a playoff game since section 10 split up. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and 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 all of a sudden, like we'd be going back and forth talking for a little bit, and then I bring that up, and then he stops. Oh, I'm, no. like, I'm like, I'm oh, like, okay. Don't be mean to Steve. So, no, yeah, no, no, uh, <laughs> I'm like, don't no, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, uh, I sit there. And, well, Steve and uh, Joey, my favorite. Uh, uh, I sit there. I love Steve. I love Jared. Uh, you know, Section Ten was was the reason and the main reason why I wanted to start a Red Sox podcast. So with, without them, uh, you know, I wouldn't even want to be doing a Red Sox podcast at all. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, man, some great, great news for the Red Sox this year, though. Uh, man, the Yankees pitching staff keeps getting thinner and thinner within starting rotation. Uh, Radon just is going to be put on uh, starting the season on the IL. Uh, Frank, uh, Frankie, 
Also, Montas. Yep. Montas starting uh, the season on the IL. Well, he's out uh, for the it? year. Oh, out for the year. Uh, Basically, yeah. Uh, Tommy was it Con? Tommy Conley uh, is a guy they picked up in the bullpen. Yep. He's gonna, he's not going to start the year. Um, the the lefty, what's his name? The little lefty with the mustache. You know the little uh, chubby lefty yeah. they have there. Cortez, he's, yeah. he's he's got an oblique. He's missing the WBC, so he's probably not going to start the season. Mm. And Bader's, then uh, Bader, Bader, Bader's always uh, banged up. They have a couple other pitchers. Yeah, there's a couple other pitchers in the bullpen as well. So they're 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 to me. I tweeted about this today. They don't like to me. I haven't. I've said this all year. The Yankees aren't some scary team to me. I don't see. You know, I don't see what everybody's worried about with the Yankees. Why they're penciling them in as if what Judge is going to have that kind of season again? No, definitely not. No, and and especially when we have Garrett Cole's dad playing for our team with uh, Raphael Devers. So. <laughs> <laughs> Big scoops for Raffy, dude. His yeah. career, dude. Garrett Cole doesn't even matter. I mean, Devers obviously owns him, but our whole team. I mean, we we do we handle Garrett Cole like so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does not. It's like a five ERA against him, I think. Oh yeah, in playoffs yeah. as well. I mean, like obviously oh, I mean, yeah. we smashed him in the wild card game. So I mean, like, and it, even when he was in Houston, he wasn't. You know, so it's like the Sox have over the years have handled him. We can hit fastballs. That's the thing. We can hit fastballs here. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, well, we're going to have a little, uh, we're going to bring it back. Fair or foul? So, I'm going to sit there and make a uh, make a statement. We're going to go around, and everybody is going to say if it's fair or if it's foul. Because the pesky pulled, they can't lie. So, we're going to sit there and start the first one. Corey Kluber has 25 starts this season. We're going to start with you, D.C., I'm going to be optimistic and say fair. He had 31 last year. Um, a couple years before that, he was he was banged up. I know he's getting up there in age, but uh, I think he can he could hit 25 pretty easily. Obviously, it all comes down to health, but I'm going to say fair. Okay, Anthony. Yeah, a- absolutely fair. I think he's a solid guy. Um, he, I saw he's in great shape. Yep, I mean fair. He he. If, I'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't uh, hit that. Okay, and Melissa. Definitely fair. Okay. Fairs around the board. Uh, You know, we were talking, Anthony, about Kluber, how, you know, he just doesn't throw the ball. He pitches the ball. Yeah. And his start he had, he looked great. He was going east to west very well. Uh, Everyone's wondering, oh, well, he's not, he's he's not pitching the nineties, but he, he's not that type of pitcher. Mm -hmm. He's, he pitches the ball, puts it in spots where it needs to go. And, you know, he, he doesn't need that, that speed. So I, I am also going to go fair. And I see him going maybe closer to 30 starts this year. Right. So next up on fair foul, Red Sox have 50 wins by the All-Star break. So, Anthony, we're going to start with you. So... The, I, I'd have to know how many games um, they're playing, but you figure it's late in the season. I, you know what? 50 games. I'm going to say foul on that. I don't know exactly how many games they're going to play at that point, but it's usually early July, so it's it's a little bit more than half a season, so maybe 85 games, so they'd be 50 and 35. You know, I think <clears throat> I'm gonna. I'm just going to go – I'm going to go foul. I don't think they're going to necessarily be running away with the 
division or anything this year. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a dogfight, but I think they'll be in it. Okay. Uh, Melissa, what about you? I, I agree. I agree. Like, I had them, like, maybe winning, like, 79, if that's what was my optimistic for the, you know, season. <laughs> like, so, um, I don't know. So, I mean, I would love to hope that, but I would say foul. Okay. DC? I'm going to go foul as well. Um, I can see him winning about 45. Uh, I think we, we can we can limp into the playoffs. You know, I, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of, you know, struck the world and actually put a great season together and win the division. Mm-hmm. But that's obviously, like you said, it's going to be a dogfight. Um, I'd say probably about 45 would be more realistic, but I'm, so I'm going to go foul on that one. But I would say, uh, Melissa, if you're going 79, that's a good number because Vegas has them at 78 and a half. So I'd put that down. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was good. I, I was just actually looking at that uh, before I got oh, on. Oh, really? I, I just pulled it out. I was like, that was good. Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to say it's going to be close, close to 50, but it's not going to be 50 because because we sit there and we have we have a really good opening couple series. We have Baltimore, we have Pittsburgh, we have Detroit. You know, we got Minnesota. You sleep on we Baltimore got, though. We got Milwaukee. Oh no, uh, I can't. I I can't go to a Red Sox Baltimore game anymore and actually think that we're we're just going to walk away with it. So, but we have, we have a really good, you know, couple Arizona, we're playing Cincinnati. So I'm going to say close to 50, but I'm going to have to say foul. Also, I see closer to like maybe 47 games. So we just got to have a couple series go our way and a hot start and the health. Mm-hmm. So here, here we go. We're going to go Heim Bloom. Guess extension after this season. Uh, DC, we'll start with you. I'm going to say fair. Um, kind of touch on what Anthony was saying before. I think a lot of people kind of jumped on him a little too early. I mean, he was kind of against it. I think his first move was trading uh, Mookie Betts. So anytime you come in as a, you know, in the position that he was in and make a move like that, you know, that's a fan favorite. Obviously, we know how messy that situation was. I think we exceed expectations because they're not too high this year. And I think that, uh, that gets him an extension. I think he, he deserves it. Obviously, like Anthony said too, you see the players that he's brought in, you know, performing in, in spring training. And he, he brought in Whitlock, I believe too, in the row five. Yes. I mean, that's a great move. And he's, he's one of our pivotal players in my opinion. So I I think, uh, we'd be doing, you know, the, the organization injustice if we don't give him an extension, to be honest with you, in my opinion. So, okay. Uh, Melissa, what about you? I think in the off season, I would have said foul because <laughs> I just was baffled by a lot of things that have happened. But now it's spring training and just the the vibe and the chemistry um, with the team and watching like what we've been watching. Um, I'm going to say fair. Okay. Very good point. Anthony, what about you? So do we know what his contract situation is? Is he expiring or does it did he sign do we know what he signed because uh, it's a good question i mean I, I i think if his contract's up i mean listen i'm gonna i'm gonna go this one's gonna gonna hit off the off the pole this one's gonna hit right right down the line off the pesky pole and i'm gonna say fair it's gonna you know it's gonna come back in and uh and be fair because i think this team is going to be good this year and and uh, i I've been cautiously optimistic, but I think they're going to be mm-hmm. in the playoff mix. Personally, um, I see them in the mid '80s right now. But I think, oh. 
there's a lot that can that can happen. I mean, we talk, we still don't know what's going on with with Trevor Story. You know what I mean? Like what that's going to be. We have a lot of young players. We have you know new guys. It's just there's so many moving parts right now. But I'm telling you right now, if we have a healthy Chris Sale, I guess that would probably be a a big you know, make it or break it thing. It's like, if we have a health, if you tell me we have a healthy Chris sale for like 30 starts, I mean, it's definitely fair. Cause I think the Red Sox are going to be a pretty good team. So, I mean, it's a real, that's a really close one, but I'm going to say fair. Cause I, I like the direction we're going. Uh, to answer your question, uh, Bloom was hired over the 2019, 2020 off season. Uh, and he had a four year contract. So, so he's on his, he has one more uh, year after this one. Well, no, this would be it because 2020, yeah, this so this would be his yeah. fourth year. So, yeah, oh, yes, one. yes. So it's a good question. Um, and I think uh, maybe I honestly, I think it's depending on dependent on what happens this year. Yeah. And it's just Hopefully. the reason I say fair is because I actually think they're going to be a little bit better than everybody else does or not necessarily you guys or whatever. But the general consensus is. You know, you said what the Vegas over-under was. Most people think the Red Sox still kind of suck, and we're not going to yeah. – you know, we're going to be last in the division at best, maybe fourth, and they're going to be in the 70s and wins. And um, I just don't feel like that. Um, but we're going to have to see. And if, if if they do make the playoffs, then, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to sit there and say fair, but I'm always saying it because you can't – you can't sit there and let Heim put all his pieces started to put him in place. You know, he, he's got the minor leaguers fantastic coming up. He, he went and had his hands on a lot of those pieces. We, uh, we just got Devers signed for that mega contract to build a whole young team around. So you got to at least give him two more years after this one to see see that his vision is and can be manageable. I think it can be, you know, within two years, you know, we got uh, Marcelo Mayer probably going to be coming up, you know, uh, Rafael coming up. uh, Hamilton could be coming up. Uh, We got a plethora of, of young arms starting pitchers that'll be able to come up. You, you can't sit there and let, let Heim put all this together and then not give him the chance to see it all the way through. Unless you were to bring in a Dave Dombrowski type who can take all of that and go trade it all. You see what I'm saying? Basically pull a Dombrowski. But that would put us back in the same position we are like all over again. That's back mm-hmm. on the roller coaster ride. Let's see this thing through. Let's get this system I'm telling you right now, by by summer, I think this system is going to be a legit top ten system. I really do. It's just that little, all these guys like that are in, in low A ball, they they don't rank as high because they're they're just out of high school really. So once these guys start playing and showing something and and ranking up in the organization, you're going to see our our farm system gets thought of a lot higher than it is now. Like that that ridiculous thing Keith Law had putting us like 23rd or 24th. It's a joke. It's not even close. They're they're right on the cusp of being a top 10 farm system right now, and they're moving up in the right direction. And you're right, yeah, Marcelo Meyer is going to be at Double A probably by June. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a stud, dude. I'm so excited for mm-hmm. him. Uh, and and then if you go look at look look what Heim did down in Tampa. That 
that uh, farm system they had down there, he, he put most of it together. And they were great because of the farm system that they had. So it, I'm for uh, hindsight will be 2020. <laughs> yeah, hindsight is 2020. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you, you got to let him sit there and, and follow through and, and let him see the end of this. So now now here, here the next uh, fair or foul is an intriguing one. Ryan Brazier deserves to be in the bullpen and on this Boston Red Sox team. So, Anthony, we're going to let you start this one off. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've, I'll say the same thing I always say about Ryan Brazier. You know, the guy's got balls. We, you know, we saw what he could do in 2018. Um, you know, on the way to a championship, he uh, did the same thing kind of in 2021. He was lights out. He, I think they gave him, I think they threw him out there five days in a row. It's at one point, and he's got a rubber arm. There's not many guys who you can do that with that you can just say, "Come and give you whatever you got," and he's gonna go give you whatever he's got. Whatever he's got, he's gonna give you. He's going to be consistent. He throws strikes. He's got a great fastball. He's got a great slide piece, and nothing bothers him. And uh, I think what happened was last year he was overused. He's been overused. He was he led the team in appearances last year. That's wrong. Ryan Brazier should not lead the team in appearances. What you, you know you need to 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 not burn these guys out. Okay, so. Um, he's going to be more of, of like a fifth, sixth inning type guy, middle relief guy, you know, come in and, and maybe get out of a jam in the fifth inning, fourth inning, even something like that, and be in a much lower leverage role. And I just think when you look at compared to like a Matt Barnes or a Caleb Ord or some of these other options, you know, Ryan Brazier is a lot better option. Yeah. Uh, when you and I were talking and, you know, you made up all those points and I started thinking, I was like, man, okay. Uh, I you rest your case, Your Honor, and <laughs> and and now I sit there and I believe he should be on there. Well, real quick too, just to throw, just outside of last season, does anybody really have a big problem with what he's? I mean, it's really just last season. He's sort of one of those guys that because we had a terrible season, people want to point. The, point the blame at a few guys like Bobby Dahlbeck and Ryan Brazier and, and blame these guys, even though these guys are making minimum salary or one, two million bucks. Nobody wants to blame the guys who are making 20 plus million dollars and weren't producing. And first and foremost, Chris Sale, who wasn't, he was a no-show flying off his bicycle like friggin' Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Okay, so, I mean, it's just, yeah, seriously. That is so great. Uh, Bicycle. Yeah, yeah, and uh, if, you think, if you think about it, like, Matt, people sit there were really upset when we got rid of Matt Barnes because Matt Barnes has been here for so long, you know? So they're like, well, why is Brazier still here? You got rid of Barnes, but why is Brazier still here? And Anthony, I, I, you, you make great points. And now I, I am looking for a Ryan Brazier jersey to wear this year. I, I am buying one. I don't know how you switched uh, them, dude, because he hated them. Like he couldn't stand them. <laughs> I couldn't either, and I'm kind of on the fence now. So you definitely should be a lawyer, like you said earlier. <laughs> you should definitely, because I was seriously like I was waiting for this, and I was like it to be foul. And no, like now I'm like, hmm, good point. Okay, well, 
Most, well, I mean, yeah, you, can still, you can still, you can still say foul and argue. I still I mean, say foul. I'm just gonna wait. I'm not gonna go buy a jersey. I'm just saying, I'm not gonna buy a Fraser jersey, not yet. We'll the other thing that. is, the guy makes two million bucks. If he completely sucks in April and May, get rid of him. Replace mm-hmm. him. He's easily replaceable, just like I think Matt Barnes and some of these other guys are. These guys, we have our key guys at the end of the game with Jansen and Martin. I don't know if you guys have seen Martin. I mean, this guy looks really good. He's a big kid. He throws hard. He throws strikes. He's going to be a good addition. So I think the back event, end of our bullpen is strong. So what we're really looking for is just those guys in the middle. And I think Brazier can be one of those guys, a little bit less pressure on him, not used, you know, overused. So if he if he doesn't get the job done, we move on. It's not that big of a deal, right? Yep. Yeah, well, you go bring up Chris Martin. D.C. is high on Chris Martin. This is the favorite <laughs> move this whole offseason. So, D.C., I, I'll, I'll let you sit there and hype up Chris Martin. And uh, afterwards, you can say fair or foul. Yeah, I, I think it's – I mean, their bullpen has been trash for, you know, the last couple of seasons. I was pretty stoked to see us to go get a guy, a vet. I know he's a little up there in age, but he pounds the strike, you know, the strike zone. He has a good fastball. Um, as far as Brazier, I'm going fair. Um I've been a big fan of him. Like Anthony said last year, it's kind of easy to kind of point the finger, but it's unfair. Um, and I, I've loved him since I think it was 2018, maybe 2019, when uh, he was facing Gary Sanchez and he told me to get back in the fucking box. And I was like, yo, that's, <laughs> that was so that's cool. exactly right there, man. Right. Yeah. That's another great out. point. That's very bad. And then he struck him out. So, like, you know, he can he can pitch in, Bron- in the Bronx. He can, uh, he can pitch in Fenway. Um, and like Anthony said, not to keep piggybacking off you, but you make great points. He uh, he was thrown out there a lot of days in a row, um, and our bullpen wasn't good at all. So uh, he was called on in different situations. So I'm uh, I'm going to go fair on that for sure. Yeah. Give him a chance, you know. So and two million dollars, well, like that's exactly, know. exactly. It's it's all on you, Melissa. Do do, do you want to make? Do you want to stand up against Anthony? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't really want to stand up against him. I'm going to say fair. Like he makes really good points. I actually listened to y'all's a uh, bonus podcast, or whatever, and um, I was like, "Who is that guy?" Because like, I never heard the name. I was like, "Who is that guy?" Because every person he's picking for his team, I'm like, "That would be my pick." Like, who is this? And um, it fell but... into my lap. I was like, <laughs> "I was like, yeah, I'll take Mookie Betts." Now <laughs> we should. It would be fun to do it again with a, an extra few people just to make it more challenging. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we all had like loaded rosters. You know? Yeah. Oh, hey, I'll be on the yeah. next one. I apologize. That was for a fun that episode. One. That was a fun episode. Well, it's, it's uh, always fun to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, hey, Melissa, you can sit there and come on. We'll, we'll get Anthony back on the defending champ. I'll, I'll just host it. DC will be on. Uh, Greg Teed said that he would sit there and love to be on. So uh, I'm sure I can get, you know, one more and we can sit there and do, do a whole nother uh, bonus episode and, and, and see, see how deep we can dive into uh, these lineups for the fantasy. I was so upset because Anthony and I were talking afterwards and heck we could have had a whole nother podcast with us just talking afterwards, but I'm like, man, you're starving our listeners, man. Yeah, I, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I would know his voice. I was like, his voice is so like nice to listen to. Who is that person? Like, oh, thank so, you. So when I saw you're on this oh, and I heard you start talking, I was like, oh, my God, that's the guy from the podcast. That yeah. Cool. I, as soon as Anthony and I were talking, I was like, dude, you, you got a voice for radio. Definitely. And, and, and then I told DC, I'm like, dude, 
we got to snatch this guy up. He goes, did I sound okay? And you're like, you sound fine. And I was like, no, he sounds good. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's what he added. No, he was that talking about you. And I was like, yo, send the text right now. And I was like, dude, give me a couple minutes. I'm like, did you send it? Like, what, what are we doing? So, no, yeah. Thank you. thank you, guys. You're making me yeah. blush over here. No, it, I'm so it, dark. It, it, I got to I gotta fix my lighting situation. I apologize. <laughs> I just... It's it, it's not as dark in here as it looks, but I maybe I just don't have the right situation. I'm on my wife's laptop, bro, so don't feel bad. Well, I got a webcam, but I just like the light in the room. It's a little bit dim, I guess, but I don't know. Uh, I got to get a ring. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it was really. I actually have to really, wait for one. <laughs> I need some lighting, like in, in in my like space, in my immediate like face here. Yeah, but what was really funny. It was like because DC, he's like my team lead at work, so he's my boss. So like he's he's like, did you message him? I'm like, no. He's like, come on, message him. You know, you got to. He's like, someone else is gonna get him. And and, and I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm, I, I really hope our managers don't You're listen to this. Me, bro. But <laughs> but I I was like, well, if my team leads telling me to, to make the text, I gotta make the text. So you know, I'm yeah. like, okay. So I, I appreciate it. I'm happy. It, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate uh, it. So, uh, the last, the last spare or foul. AL rookie of the year will come from the Boston Red Sox. Okay. Melissa, we're going we're gonna to start off with you. I, I think fair. It could happen. I really want to see what Bayo does this year. I love Bayo so much. Like he's, that's what I'm, but I've, hope that everything's okay. I know like he left like some tightness, but now he's not going to be there for opening day, but I don't know. I'll say fair. I'll just be optimistic. I mean, uh, there's and, many more. It's just Bayo is my favorite right now. And and he worked with, he was working with Pedro. Pedro the mm -hmm. so. One little caveat. He's actually not even eligible. So Bayo, oh, really? yeah, Bayo last year exceeded the innings limits. So he's actually oh, technically not a rookie. So he's not even a rookie. But our candidates are basically Tristan Casas and actually Yoshida. I was, was going to say Casas next. And actually Yoshida. See, I would go Casas. I would go Casas. He's actually considered a rookie, though, the kid from Japan, the rookie. Oh, uh, really? Yoshida. Because so. of, okay. Just because he's never played in the majors. I don't agree with that, how he's a rookie and he's 29. But mm -hmm. technically he's a rookie. Ichiro won rookie of the year. Mm. Yeah, you know, so it's really Casas and Yoshida. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, okay, hmm. Anthony, fair or foul? Oh, it's definitely fair. I mean, dude, Tristan, I love Tristan Casas. Um, I think Yoshida is a good ball player as well. So, rookie of the year can go to anybody. I mean, you know, if you have a solid year, it's not like you're not usually going to see like Patrick Mahomes or not. Well, he wasn't a rookie that year, but I mean, just across sports there. But like, you know, that guy come out and just have like a monster season. That generally doesn't happen from a rookie, so it's really usually comes down to a guy that just has a good solid year, and I mean Casas and Yoshida definitely candidates for that. Yeah, mm -hmm. DC. What about you, man? I'm gonna go fair. Um, yeah, Casas, Yoshida. I'm really stoked for Yoshida. Uh, you know, the only thing that I would say is um, there is one player actually in the AL East that scares the hell out of me. Um, is Gunnar Henderson. I think he can, you know, you know, kind of, you know, threaten them for that. I yeah. think he's going to be excited. He hits for power. He uh, he has speed. He could hit go 20, 20, 25, you know. Um, but I'm going to go fair. I think we have a lot of exciting guys coming up. Um, I'm excited to see what Costas does with the full season. Obviously, I've been telling you, you know, at work and everything else off the air, how excited I am for Yoshida. 
So I think there's a very, very good chance that, you know, we have somebody emerge as the rookie of the year from our squad. Okay. And I am also going to go fair because like I told you DC before I told Anthony Yoshida is my man. He is going to get 40 doubles minimum. He's going to put holes and dents in the green monster. That's why I told you to take him in, uh, in the keeper league, pick him up. And that's why I, and that's why I'm saying Yoshida will be the AL rookie of the year. Okay. So you, so you, you're leaning Yoshida in particular. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's fair. I mean, because he, he, and guess what? He's the, let me tell you something. He's the only, one of the only rookies who's going to be making like $20 million. So we kind of need him to be oh, the rookie of the year. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're kind of relying on him for that. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All these other so, rookies are making 700 K. So, but yeah, so it, Another great episode of Fair or Foul. A lot of great points. So let's uh, let's go around the horn for some final thoughts. Uh, we'll start with you, Melissa. First off, before we get to a final thought, tell us a little bit about uh, Socks Attic, the website, how it came about, and you know where can we get some free merch? I mean, where do we <laughs> pay for some uh, great fine merchandise? Okay, so actually. Um... I'm not sure exactly when Red started making the Socks Attic shirts because I didn't get one until 2007, but I think he made them before that. Um, you know, at Surviving Grady, Red, he has a he had a blog and a book, actually. Um, he was writing a like a book, a blog in the 2004 season and uh, called Surviving Grady. And so anyway, I met him on MySpace in 2007. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, <laughs> way back oh, then. Hey, kids. <laughs> If you don't know what MySpace is, it's kind it's kind of like Facebook. And if you don't know what Facebook is, just keep going. Yeah, but you know you know what was cool about MySpace? Socksface. But, like, that's what... <laughs> but dude, MySpace, what I really liked about it is you could have like music on yes, your page. Your music. Yeah. Yes, so you know, like your somebody music. came to your page, like they were and listening to tunes. Customize it. Like it was, yeah. it was really cool. I miss oh, petty and move your friends I down off your list. It was awesome. <laughs> yes, you could have like your t- number one. Oh, top yeah. Friend. You had your little. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I forgot about yes, that. You always had Tom. Exactly. Yeah. So um I saw his shirt, like just scroll. I don't even remember if there was like a feed of your friends. I don't remember how that works, but um, I know I saw the socks addict shirt. And so I commented on it and um, I'm like, Oh my God, this is awesome. There's a socks addict shirt. And he was like, if I send you one, will you wear it and send me pictures? I was like, yes, that was it. Like I was, it's pretty much a spokesperson. You used to click on me to order the shirt. So for years I just modeled the shirts, whatever, or took pictures, sent them to him, whatever. And then we became business partners um, last year. So now I get, you know, we work together, not just that. I actually tried to find like a younger girl <laughs> to be like the face and try like put that out there. And people weren't really for it. Yeah, for, I guess just because people know me, they're used to me. Um, but um, yeah, he um, started, you know, we started making church together, sending ideas, taking ideas other people have given, you know. And um, so it's socksaddicts.com. And um, we used to just have the socks attic shirt. I'm trying to think what our first shirt was. But no, no, he had the, he had, oh, this shirt. Hold on. I made it into a black. <laughs> we had this oh, Euclid. 
Oh, you. This, you couldn't. Hold on. I don't know if you can. Hold on. Which way? Going the wrong way. There you go. It, this was one from 2008. I think he made it. Um, after 2007. Um, and then we had the Who Died and Made You Josh Beckett. He had a Who Died and Made You um, Mark Bellhorn. What other ones did he have? The Mighty Ortiz one was front, you know, that was some of the first ones he made. But then now that we have this website, we have all kinds. He's done the the Devas Forever, you know, and then um, I'm not, I don't have an accent like that. I'm so sorry. I'm not, I'm not, I can't do the Boston. I'd be like Devers Forever, Devers. you know. <laughs> <That is good. laughs> but uh, yeah, so, and then we had, we did like the Incredible Hulk. Um, we did do, and the fun fact is I, um, before we found out what was going to happen with Xander, we made the X Forever shirt, and um, I sent Joey and Steve one, but they didn't get it to like after like everything had happened. And so I was like, I'm so sorry if I caused y'all PTSD <laughs> opening that package up after all that. <laughs> I still wear mine, um, but yeah. So socksaddicts.com, and uh, I'll visit sure right after this. Huh? Yeah, and be sure to follow. You pro I'm sure everybody follows him more than me, but um, at Surviving Grady Red, he's um pretty awesome. So that's uh, pretty much it. It's uh, I do want to make some custom stuff. Like I've made like um things where I put like rhinestones on it for girls like hats and stuff. And so eventually, I want to add that to what we do sell. Um, because I just did it to mine, not thinking anything of it, and then. Somebody was like, hey, would you do that for for me? And I was like, sure. And I'll take, okay, I, I'm superstitious. The shirt, like, gets old, like, that I've had for years. Um, I don't throw it away or a hat. I take the the emblem off or, like, the, the, the logo, and I put it on something else. Like, I bought this um, hoodie years ago, 2008, at when I was at Fenway Park, bought it, and it had rhinestones on it, and um, that that B in the socks has been on like five different things because I'll take it off and put it because the, the article of clothing will become worn out, but that's fine. So I just put it on other things. That's so awesome. I'll probably end up doing stuff like that and selling custom stuff like that too, eventually. But you know, in my spare Man. time. <laughs> nice. So yeah. Do, do you have any uh, final thoughts about the episode? That was actually really fun. It was great to, talk with y'all and it was an honor to be here and nice to talk with anthony i was so wondering i was like who is that i was gonna ask y'all in the podcast if he wasn't on here who was that person that was on that bonus uh episode so i really appreciate y'all having me here it's been great no no, no thanks uh, as soon as soon as i uh, started the podcast twitter like you're probably one of the first few that like were in my suggestions so oh, really? awesome. then i then i started seeing like the merchandise and i'm like man i'm like this this is some great stuff and then uh once we started doing the podcast uh not to put dc out there he's because dc's never did podcast before this so he's like i need a couple under my belt to uh to feel comfortable having guests on yeah so and and you were actually our first uh you know guest we don't count bonus episodes uh <laughs> <laughs> and and you know uh we would love to have you back you know yeah, future definitely. time so definitely but uh anthony any final thoughts for you 
No, I mean, just uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was good to uh, talk to to Melissa. Um, you know, so it's it's always great. That's why I like the spaces because you get to kind of like the people you interact with, or people you see on Twitter. You get to kind of like talk to and kind of get to know a little bit. So it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, I had a good time. Um, I like I really like the fair foul concept you know what i mean pesky pesky pole you know what i mean that's a good Mm -hmm. we could definitely uh do a lot of interesting things with that and uh yeah no i mean i'm just impressed with the red sox just i don't care about stats and winning i just care about the fact that the culture i feel like there's a little bit of a culture shift where it's going to be contagious Mm -hmm. the team seems a little more serious this year so Mm -hmm. um they just weren't ready to go last year last Mm -hmm. year was a clown Mm -hmm. show we didn't deserve we deserve Mm -hmm. better than that as fans Definitely. We're yeah, going to invest our time. We're going to invest 162 games, three you know plus hours. Give me, give me a better product than I had to witness last year. That was a joke, and I think we're going to get it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Kike said in the off season that, that he, he thought he thought a lot of the team quit quit on. Him, yeah, you know. And I really agree. A lot of people didn't agree with him, but I was kind of like, oh, I feel like he's kind of right. I mean, not everybody, but I feel like there were some people that just did. Yeah. So, DC, uh, any final thoughts on you? Yeah, it was a great time tonight. I appreciate uh, Melissa coming on. It was great talking to you. Great Thank meeting you. you. Hope you come Thank on you. many more times. You're welcome Thank whenever you, you want to come. Um, Anthony, great meeting you, man. I'm excited to have you aboard and what you can bring to the table because obviously you're very knowledgeable. Um, so I'm excited to see what we can do and see this podcast grow. And, uh, and I'm very optimistic for this team, man. I, Like I said, I know we have really low expectations from uh, people from the outside, but uh, – very 2013-esque, like I said before, I think, and even episode one. You got to go out there, play, you know, have fun. You know, they are serious. It looks like they're taking everything very serious, but they're also mm-hmm. having fun. You know, they're smiling. Mm-hmm. They look, they just, yeah. just, they just look like they're playing together. And we haven't seen that, you know, since probably, you know, two years ago. So yeah, very optimistic, excited to see what's going to happen for uh, not only our show, but for the Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, me personally, uh, I can't wait for the season to start. Uh, hopefully we can sit there and start the podcast first year we win a World Series because then we can say, "Hey, it, it was with us," you know. <laughs> then, I'll, then I'll be. Hey, that happened with that you, happened you know? with Red Surviving Grady. That's what happened. He started writing that blog, and then they won. Just saying. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, overall, I'm I'm really thankful for you know Melissa, you coming on, giving us some of your time. Anthony, once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, that voice is going That's great. It is. Is, is, is going to get people intrigued. Melissa was very intrigued <laughs> just by listening to that podcast. I literally was telling my family, I was like, I'm going to ask whose voice that is. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So thank you. <laughs> but, I, I should. I, I think I missed my calling. Yeah, I'm not going to add to that. I don't. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, well, well, guys, you know, thanks for stopping by, uh, head on over to our YouTube channel where we put up all the live shows, uh, subscribe, hit us up any questions, uh, next episode, we're going to sit there and do some DMS. So if if you want to questions answered, just ask us, we love to answer you guys' questions. So, and but, we also have uh, not to cut you off, but we have my buddy who's a big Orioles fan. So, if you send any questions, if you want to base it around Orioles, Red Sox, or even just Orioles, um, very knowledgeable guy, you guys will love him. Um, he's just 
good dude overall, and he has very, very lot. I mean, a lot of uh, sports knowledge, especially about the Orioles. I, I want to know who's starting opening day for them. I, th- I thought it was going to be that John Means, the lefty, but somebody else said that he's coming back from Tommy John. He won't be ready. So I want to know who's starting the season for them. Yeah, who's their number one starter? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. So hey, that'd be the first question we hit him off with. So, but uh, I'm the Rit. He's DC. We got a new a new brother on the show, Anthony on the Cape, and we got the very lovely Melissa Socks <laughs> Addict. So guys. <laughs> Sit there and check us out next time. And always, thanks for listening to the Pesky Podcast.